Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 40 of the In the 11 podcast hosted by myself, Brendan Griffiths. Today, we have a great conversation for you coming up soon here with Fetty Diaz, Federico. He kind of tells his story of his career, speaks about his time in Australia, his time in Samoa, playing in the States some coaching, a trial in Bulgaria, that's crazy. And I think it's a it's another great podcast that you guys can learn a lot from. Every player is different. You know, every player has a different path with how they made it to the pro game or how they stayed in the pro game. And Betty's no different and gives a lot of great stories and some good insight into how to get to that level and stay at that level. And I hope that you guys really enjoy this episode. If you haven't picked up your mystery sport kit yet, make sure that you go and do that. Use code in the 11 at checkout. Go over to mysterysport.co to get your kit. If you saw episode 39, you saw the Roma kit that they sent me. It is dope. Make sure if you want to get one just like that then go over to Mystery Sport, use code in the 11 and get yourself an authentic kit. Without further ado, let's kick it over to the episode. Let's kick it over to Fetty and myself. And thank you so much for listening. All right. So here we are, another player on the podcast, super excited to get into this episode, episode 40 of the In the 11 podcast with Fetty Diaz. Federico Diaz has tremendous amount of experience playing both the United States and abroad. So I can't wait to get into some of, uh, some of his career and some of his story so far. So first of all, thank you so much for being on today. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, let's let's get right into it, if if you don't mind. And I know we did a little bit of I wanted to get a little bit of backstory on you and, and your career. Um, and I noticed you said that you played in college for a bit, but then you decided to leave early and pursue a career professionally. And I was in speaking to a lot of different players that I've had on this show and, and also just in the soccer world. I've noticed a mix of a lot of players that kind of leave early and have a lot of success with it and some that stay for the whole four years of their experience. What did you kind of, what were you feeling that made you decide, okay, this is the right time for me to step away from college and really go for this full blown? So for me, the thing was, um, you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I'm, my parents are from Uruguay. I'm Uruguayan American. And uh, as any person who's listening to this, who's Hispanic, uh, a lot of parents love education. So for me, it was more of like, I was not forced, but it was like, look, you want to play soccer or football, you got to go to school, you know? And, and I, I was in high school. Um, you know, I, I was a three-year varsity letterman at my high school and I was a forward at that time. And I used to tell myself, I want to play pro or I want to try, I want to try. So uh, I went to college. I went to a small school, which at first, let me, let me, let's tell you that at first, I was told we were going to play NCAA Division Three. Mm-hmm. So when I get to the school, it was a brand new program, you know, whatever. And uh, the coach says to us, oh, yeah. So, by the way, we're going to play in the USCAA. Half of us looked at each other and we're like, 
what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. You know? So we're like, what the hell is that? So whatever. Pretty much like what the league entitles of is like you play a lot of like uh satellite schools from like Penn State and a lot of tiny um like like Christian schools and things like that. Yeah. Um so competition was decent. It wasn't bad. Um but I mean if I was gonna go to college, I wanted to go at least NCAA. Yeah. So I went I went my first year and the coach literally said to me, he's like, Oh, you're not a striker anymore. You're gonna be a center back. I looked at him, I'm like, the hell's that? Like, what's a center back? You know, like I've my whole life I played forward, winger, whatever. And um, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Like, whatever. My goal is just to play a little bit of college, get an education, and then just try to find a team. So did the first year, whatever. I didn't like it. I had problems with the coach because I always argued that I didn't want to play center back, I wanted to play somewhere else. So he moved me into defensive mid, ended up scoring like two or three goals that season, wasn't happy, I wanted to move, but you know, I was like, you know what, whatever. Stayed on for the second following year. Um, and again, same thing, same thing. Wanted me to play center back, center back, center back was forcing me. I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to play. Um, but on the side, I was uh, I was trying to message players or people that I knew that are playing overseas and then messaging, you know, like teams and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figured, you know what, I'm like, best place to go is just go to my parents' country. Um, so I contacted my uncle and my uncle's like, yeah, listen, like we can, uh, bring you in to train with like, you know, like a couple second division teams. And if you make it, you know, you'll sign. My goal really was though, on the, on like, on the, on like behind my head was that I wanted to go because my grandfather was sick. So I wanted to see my grandfather cause you okay. know, Uruguay's kind of far. So yeah, I, I can't, I can't go all the time. And my thing was that I wanted to at least try to play and make it so then my grandfather can see me make it, you know because that was his thing like he always called he always asked how like you know how my games were you know etc 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 so my grandfather loved football was a huge fan and you know he always wanted me to make it so I think it was like fall of 2010 uh I had already set everything to leave to Uruguay I was going to finish this season and then in the winter time I was going to dip uh I think we were going to a game in Pittsburgh. I think it was. We were on the bus, and my mom calls me. She's like, "Hey, listen, um, I know you're 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 getting ready to go to a game, and I don't want to ruin your day." She's like, "But uh, your grandfather died." And I was like, oh, "God damn!" I was like, "Damn!" So that day, I literally played 20 minutes, and I, not to sound cocky, but I'm a pretty tough guy. I don't really cry or anything like that. I don't really show emotion sometimes. But man, that day just yeah, I can't busted out. Yeah, I just busted, you know, tears on the field. And I told the coach, I was like, man, I can't play, man. I'm my grandfather died. He's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So I came off. And the rest of the season, I just didn't really care. Like, I didn't want to be there. I just didn't like the school. I didn't like the, the, the soccer. I didn't like anything. So I was focused on going to, to Uruguay. And then, I, you know, the wintertime came. And I said, you know what? Like, at this point, I don't want to go. Like, my the point was for me was to to just mm-hmm. go see my grandfather. So I made the tough decision and kind of broke my parents' heart. But I was like, hey, listen, I'm dropping out of school. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to try to play pro. I know it's the chances are making it a very, very slim. I was like, but you know what? Like, I want to try it. Yeah. My dad, my dad played soccer. He played in Argentina. He played in Uruguay as well. He played in the third division in Argentina and in Uruguay. So my dad knows how it is, you know, and especially in those countries, like, he knows like you get paid peanuts and mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even get paid. Like they take like seven months just to give you like 200 bucks. So he knows. So he, he understood where I was coming from. So you still wound up choosing to go to Uruguay after 
that series? No, I didn't. So I didn't. So I just, I just dropped out of school and then I, I didn't know what to do. So I started looking up like pro teams around the area. Like I knew the Red Bulls were around or the Metro Stars at that time, whatever. Um, and that was the closest team, either that or DC United. Um, so I figured I was like, all right, you know what? Let me go try out for one of these like academy teams. So I go, I had dropped out of school and it was like, it was like what, 20, it was 2010 and uh, no, 2011. It was the winter of 2011. And I go and I start training with the Red Bulls Academy U17s or U18. I forgot what it was. And they did a round of tryouts, right? So you didn't have to pay for anything, which was good at that mm-hmm. time. You didn't have to pay. So it was me and this other kid from around the area. And we're both strikers. And we're going to Giant Stadium or MetLife now because they used to play there. Mm-hmm. We're going. We're training. We're busting our asses. And, I mean, we're working hard. We're training with the other guys on the team. And – we go for like a month and at the end of the month, the coach goes, yeah, listen, guys, thanks for coming. You know, thanks for coming for these last couple of weeks, but listen, we're looking for defenders. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I literally, I, I look at my dad and my dad literally says to me in Spanish, he's like, that was the biggest waste of time. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I literally wasted a whole month coming to driving 40 minutes to giant stadium, you know, to train for nothing. Yeah. So I mean, but now, so, like all these years later, of, of all the trials you've had, of all the teams that you've played with, now is that almost like foreshadowing for some of the things that you have now seen, like in going to trials and stuff like that? Because you hear oh, stories like that all the time. Absolutely. Like, you're, absolutely. You're brought in, and you might be the best player on the park by far, and then they're like, "Actually, we're only looking for a left back." And you're like, "Okay, well, why was I just here for the past <laughs> oh, week and a half, dude. or two weeks, or you know, anything oh like that?" So that's. God. You, I'm sure you, that was. I like mean, you probably know. The time, but yeah. yeah, you probably know as well. And it's like, and, and like the thing for me is like, if you're gonna advertise tryouts, right? Like, I, I, I'm not big on open tryouts. To be honest with you, I hate open tryouts. I think they're a big waste of money. Um, unless, and I will say this, I if it's a brand new club, like a brand brand new club, that's yeah. fine. That's different. But when it's a team that's been in the USL or, you know, whatever for like 20 years, nah, there's no point in going to trial for that. Like either you know somebody or get a connection and go, but don't do open trials because those 200 bucks are literally going to get paid to the players next week. <laughs> that's yeah. just how it is. Unfortunately, like it's the honest truth. No, you know? you're right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, I was literally just trying out. So then my next angle was like, all right, what do I do next? I'm like, how, how do I get myself involved with pro clubs? I was like, because this is an academy. So I literally was like, all right, if that doesn't work, I'm going to reach out to the DC United Academy. And you know what? My dad's like, look, because I didn't drive at the time. And to be honest, I didn't drive till I was like 20 because I was scared of driving. Mm. Um, And (laughs) my dad goes, man, I'm telling you right now. He's like, I am not driving you four hours to Washington. (laughs) I'm like, all right. I was like, I'll take a train. I was like, I'll take a train. I was like, I'll take a train. I'll take, I'll do anything. My mom's like, no, are you stupid? Like, no, like you are literally 17, 18 years old. You're not taking a damn bus to Washington. I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm like, all right, I got to find, find somewhere like clubs. So, um, I started looking for clubs, whatever, on, on the internet, Google, you know, the usual, the biggest yeah. uh, help that we have. <laughs> and uh, I started finding out about the USL. Like, I never even know what the USL was. And uh, that year, uh, this team, FC New York, was uh, was coming into the league. And then we're having open trials at Hofstra University. So I'm like, all right, hour and a half drive. I was like, I can probably take a train there. I was like, maybe somebody dropped me off. Mm-hmm. So I pay the, it was like 175 to try out. And I go and 
it was like a hundred or two hundred people there, and I'm like mind blown. I'm like, yep, wow, classic open trial vibe. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, what the heck is this? Like, there's so many people here. Whatever. I see the the nice turf field. I'm like, nice man. I was like, I've never been on a field like that. They're like, oh, don't worry, we're training on the crappy grass field. I was like, oh, so bad. Like, I mean, muddy everything. So yeah. like, obviously, like there was probably pros there, and I'm I'm assuming there was. I wasn't really sure at the time. And just the tryouts, like, man, I'm there. And I'm like, look, like, I'm gonna be honest with you. If I look back all those years, was I ready to play pro? Hell no. I definitely wasn't. I definitely wasn't. And, but, you know, you try. And I yeah. go and I, I'm there and I see people in, like, basketball shorts, jean shorts, uh, boots. And I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Like, I've never seen, a, like, a team with, like, these kind of, like, players. Mm. So whatever, even my like my sister had given me a ride for the first trial and she goes, Why the hell are there why the heck are there like construction workers here? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is. I was like, well, whatever. Obviously, you know, I did the two day trial, didn't make it, didn't get selected, whatever. So next, you know, a couple months went on and I went to Harrisburg, uh, City Islanders, tried out there. Um, and that's when that was like my first experience as in a professional like tryout that I mm-hmm. played as a defender. So they put me in a right back. I did pretty well. And the coach at the time, which I mean, a lot of people know he's a he's not a, the greatest of guys, uh, but he's like, you know, yeah, you did well, you know, blah, blah, but you're not just, you're not what we're looking for. Scott, whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I need to literally take a step back. I need to to find something. I need to you know do something in my life because I'm not working. I'm not doing anything. So I literally said, you know what? I'm gonna work, gain some money, and try to contact people and go somewhere else. So I got a job. Well, I'm curious. So I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I'm curious, like how you say, looking back on it now, you realize, okay, maybe I wasn't ready for the pro level at that age. Not like, at all. What would you? What kind of advice would you give to somebody who you know is around that same age, 17, 18, 19, maybe? they're in college or maybe they're in high school or academy or whatever, you know, they're kind of balancing that decision of what's the next step for me. Like, is it for you? Do you feel like it's more, if you just want to play, then you should pursue it no matter what. Or do you think there's also a balance to that of maybe trying to be fully ready from a, from a playing perspective, right. From a, a actual ability level. So for me, what I learned throughout the years is that it doesn't matter. Uh, no, actually, let me rephrase that. There's a level for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like you can play pro and like, this is the thing that I, like I have arguments with people about because you know, you're, you're always going to have people who criticize what you do, mm-hmm. you know, always, you're always going to have haters and you're always going to have people who support you. But the haters are always the ones that are like, Oh, like you're not really a pro because you're playing in like third division or fourth division. Well, in my eyes, if I sign a piece of paper, that's telling me I'm getting X amount of money per week, I'm a professional. Now it may not be lavish money, but I'm still a professional. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and like, I, I've had this conversation with a kid the other day. Uh, he was like, Hey coach, uh, listen, I'll, I want to go play pro. What's, what do you think I should do? And I told him, I was like, listen, do you think you can compete with guys in the USL right now? At your age, your skill level, do you think you can compete with guys? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I was like, when you come back Wednesday, I was like, I want you to watch some USL highlights. And I literally told him, I was like, you know who you should watch? Go watch Matt Sheldon. Become elite. Like, Become elite. He does match analysis all the time right? He's a right back. I'm like, you're a right winger. You guys can kind of relate. I was like, tell me if you can compete there. So he comes back next training session. He goes, coach, 
there's no way I can compete. Today. And I was like, okay, there you go. I was like, so you watch those videos and see what you need to work on. I was like, now I'm not saying you can't compete anywhere, but you need to find a level. Yeah. So I told, so I gave him an example. I was like, look, listen, I was like, there's, there's a lot of good semi-pro leagues in the world. And I was like, why don't you just take your opportunity, your chance to go to Australia or go to New Zealand? And he's like, you think so? I'm like, well, it's up to you. What do you want to do in life? Do you want to play? Do you want to study? Do you want to work? He goes, no, no, I want to play. Okay. So I'm like, look, I, I can give you some contacts. I can, I can recommend you some here. So I think next month he's going to head out to Australia to give it a shot. But why? Because it's, it's, I'm not saying that Australian football is poor because we'll get to that eventually, but mm. it's not poor. It's just that it's not fully professional unless you play in the A-League. So you're literally a semi-pro player and you can grow as a player, you know? And a lot of kids, that's a problem nowadays. A lot of kids think, oh, I'm 16, 17 years old. Oh, I play for, I don't know, DC United's Academy or I play for New York City FC's Academy. I can make a pro. Some can, yeah, definitely. I'm not going to lie to you because, like, that's the difference between when we were younger and to what they are. They have better resources. They're better players. They're smarter players. Yep. But sometimes they're not really realistic with themselves. They get put into first-team training, and they get destroyed, and then they're like, well, I don't know. Like, I had a bad day or blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not really realistic with themselves. You know, and that's the thing. Like, sometimes kids are, like, they think too big or they expect things to be given to them, and it ain't like that, you know? So that's just my opinion on it. Obviously, you know, different people are going to give you, uh, give kids opinion about it, but that's just how I think about it. No, but I, I, you bring up a good point because I've always thought about it kind of the same way, you know? Like if somebody – like I picture it like this, right? If somebody asks you what you do for a living and let's say like you're an intern at a company, like you might not be making money or you like you might you said be making peanuts, but you would still say what you do for a profession is like you work for that company as, as whatever that role is. Right. So it's like in places where you're in a different country, maybe, or in a lower league where maybe you're only really being provided food and housing, like that's your payment or food and housing and a little bit of money, whatever the case is, you would still consider yourself. This is what I do for a living, right? You know, this is what I do day in and day out, regardless of what the income is. That doesn't necessarily determine whether it's professional or not. Obviously, you know, you, if you really want to get into the nitty gritty and the particulars, yes, there's only a certain number of leagues in each country that are determined by FIFA as fully professional. Sure. But like you do make a good point. There is a level there for everyone, right? Like you hear exactly. stories or I've, you know, talked to players before, like, you go to Germany and like you find certain teams in the fourth, fifth, sixth division, like you can, you can make money. Like you can, yeah, make, absolutely. You can make more money than some USL players make or some low level MLS players, I imagine even, but it's, it's all about like, and you'll, I'm sure speak to this as well. It's more so about different clubs almost than necessarily <laughs> whatever the league is or whatever the level is. But I do think that's a, as a good piece of advice to younger players is like, you have to kind of figure out where your level is and maybe change up what your idea necessarily is of pro. Right. Yeah. Like we have like on my team now, right. On my EPSL club, I have a kid who played, I don't, I think he played with you maybe at Darmstadt. I don't know if you know Joseph Nastu. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. do. So he, he plays with me and he's a great little player. He's great. All right. Oh, so you're talking about uh Joey. Yeah, so like he, you know, we were talking about this the other day after training. We were just sitting there, you know, after practice. And he was like, hey, "Listen, I played in Darmstadt," and I'm like, "I'm like, oh, okay." I'm like, "That's what Kreisliga, you know, it's like sixth, seventh division." Now, someone, someone else looks at that and they're like, "Oh, dude, like you know, you played seventh division, blah blah blah." But 
but like you can say it from experience, like even sixth or seventh division in Germany, it's super competitive. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't compete there, like what are the chances of you to make an Oberliga? What are the chances of you making a regional Liga? It's tough. It's hard, you know? And like, I tell him all the time, like, dude, you're a good little player. Like you could definitely play regional league. You could definitely play higher. But he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, it's just, I don't have the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And he was just saying something like how he wants to go to Romania because he, uh, he has a Romanian passport. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, do it. You know, I was like, don't sleep on it. I was like, you're young. Do it. You have the opportunity. Go. I'm like, if I was 21 and some European team was like, hey, listen, you know, we'll give you a couch and some food and like 300 bucks. I'm going. I'm not even thinking twice about it, you know. And that's what I tell him. I'm like, he's a good little player. And he, and like, he went to a very low level, but he can, he realized like, all right, that's not the level for me. I could definitely play better, you know? So you always have to like realize that there's always a level for someone, always a level to play, to, to continue your career. Cause that's the thing. A lot of people think big, too big sometimes. And they, when they don't make it big time, that's when they're like, oh, you know what? I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. I'm not pursuing this anymore. Screw this. Like, blah, blah, blah. I was unlucky. It's not about, lucky it's about literally looking for the opportunities or, or just looking to continue to play and you can literally find a, a level anywhere in the world you know even here in america like here in america a lot of times yeah we get bad rep because we don't have promotion and relegation we have like 45 million leagues etc 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 but you can go to a upsl team and make a decent career like you can be a coach at a upsl club and that that can be your payment you know you could go to like an mpsl club there's some professional mpsl clubs there's some professional USL League Two clubs. You know, it might not be a lot of money, but you're still a professional. You're still making money and you're living as a pro. You know, the that's the thing. A lot of times guys think, oh, I need to, to live as a pro. I need, you know, a super hot model girlfriend or I need a, I need a super fast car. No, it's not like, that. you know, they just need to find a level for themselves or where they think they can currently compete. And then they, that's where they get started. You can always work your way up. There's no way you can work your way down, you know? So yeah. that's, that's, a, that's, that's something too, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the thing I always hear, and I, I kind of agree with it too, is like, once you start playing, you just kind of have to, it's almost like, you know, if you like are dropping a tennis ball, it's like, you just kind of got to keep the ball up in the air. You know what I mean? Like just Absolutely. finding a team, find somewhere to like play for a little bit and keep it up you know what I mean because you never know like yes it's it's rare occasions when people play in the lower leagues and then make it up to the highest highest level but it does happen and even if you don't necessarily make it to the highest level you might never reach your full potential at the level you want to get to if you don't kind of do those types of things that we're talking about find a level where you can get a little bit of time in master that like master the things that you need to work on your weaknesses your strengths and then, okay, and then take a baby step up to another level, right? And then try and fit into that level. It's kind of like, you know, just climbing the ladder a little bit at a time. And Absolutely. if you can find a, a place to start, you can find a rung where you can get on at the bottom of the ladder, <laughs> then that's all you really need. That's true. It's, that's, that's how it is, man. It's like, because football is just, that's how it works, unfortunately. You know, there's no, there's no like literally, I mean, how can I put it? Like, you won't never, ever make it to the top without like, eating crap first you know what i'm saying like you're always gonna eat crap first and then make your way up to the highest level you can yeah so i know you mentioned australia before that was was that kind of the first australia and new zealand was that the first stop on your journey really playing 
Yeah. So before I did all that, um, I had went on trial in England. Um, so what I was playing for like a Sunday league team here and we ended up playing some, I don't know, some team out by the city and we spanked them like eight, nine nil. And English guy comes up to me. He goes, Oh, listen, mate. Uh, you know, you're a good little, you know, good little footballer. Like, um, I have a connection in England. Would you, would you be interested? And I was like, uh, you know, I wasn't doing anything. I was working. I was like, yeah, let's, let's freaking go. Let's do it. So he gives me his number and I contact him in a couple like he's like, just contact me in a couple of days. I messaged him in a couple of days and um, he goes, hey, listen, it's all set up. Uh, just just send me like 45 bucks. He's like, you know, just to like pay, you know, you know, look like, you know, I was like, OK, fine. Forty five bucks. Not a big deal. He said, listen, uh, we'll help you get a hotel over there and, you know, just go to the trial. So I fly over there and the trial was supposed to be with Ketchingtown FC. So at that time they were in the conference premiere. Um, and <laughs> I go to the hotel. I mean, I, I land in London. I had to take like three buses just to, to get where I was going. I land at the hotel, which was next to like a non-league club, uh, like a little t- small club called the uh, Wellington town. And um, he goes, you're going to go trial on Saturday. Okay, it's fine. No big deal. So I go on a Saturday and you know, I was like, oh, where am I going? He goes, you're going to go to the old Rushden and Diamond Stadium. All right, fair enough. So me and some other kid that was playing on that on the Sunday League team, we went together and we go and we, you know, we get a taxi uh, and we go to the, to the stadium. We get dropped off and I see like mad people coming. In. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So we go into like to check in whatever. And it's like some like, showcase thing called football cv never heard of it never knew what the hell this was and i'm like what is this whatever sign in give the guy give our name uh he's like all right yeah go to the go to the locker room you know such such. we sit in there and all the english people are like oh where are you from mate oh you a yank you know like making fun of me and stuff like that and i'm just like like yeah yeah i'm yankee oh where are you from you from new york i'm like yeah yeah like i'm from new york like because you're telling new jersey no one knows where the hell new yeah jersey, where the hell is that oh like, yeah yeah i'm from new york bro. i'm from new york so i sit in there and he goes well the guy goes hey you know you've come a long way for 45 minutes and i'm like what he goes yeah you didn't know he's like you're only gonna play 45 minutes and i'm like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> so pretty much what happened was this guy's connection was some company called football cv mm-hmm. so he sent us there he signed us up and that was the 45 dollars. he signed us up for this combine so we flew you out to pay to fly in your hotel and all that no i didn't pay for the hotel so okay. i don't know what he did so he just don't go to the hotel it's all good but we we did buy our flight which was like a couple couple hundred bucks to go to england yeah. and um we go we go and 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 what he did was he signed us up for this football cv combine it was 45 dollars and yeah, he, the guys were right. It was 45 minutes. So we go out for the first 45 and um, I go and I'm playing right wing back. I had never played right wing back in my life. It is the most running I've ever done. I'm dying about 30 minutes in. And it's the same thing as here. You know, you get like either really, really good level footballers or you get really, really low level footballers. It's just whoever pays the 45 bucks can go. Mm-hmm. So I had a decent, decent 45 minutes. I actually almost scored a volley, almost put it in the top corner and missed it by like this much. And I had one of the coaches come up to me and he was like, Hey, listen, like, um, you know, you can, you can come train with us, blah, blah, blah. And it was the Ketchingtown coach. I was like, Oh, word. So I did good enough. My buddy 
Um, same thing. He played well enough that we were both going to go. And uh, we had to walk back after that. So we had to walk back. And it was a three-hour walk from the stadium to our hotel. And mind you, mind you, people think that England isn't very green. It's super green. Like, it is open land. Like, there's no yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> and we're You're not in the big cities, yeah. <laughs> no, it's super green, man. And, like, it's, like, completely different from here. So, like, we're literally walking through, like, grass fields and stuff like that. And we ended up getting back to our hotel. And uh, we get a phone call the next morning. And the coach goes, hey, listen, uh, we've just entered administration. So, right now, we're not going to be able to bring any more players. You know, we're going to have to sell all our players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because the problem was they had brought in a lot of Real Madrid C players. Because um, I don't know if anybody knows, but Real Madrid has two reserve teams. They have their B team and their C team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they had brought in a lot of guys from Real Madrid C. And I guess they were they were losing too much money and all this stuff, and they had to go into administration, and they ended up dropping down to like the eighth or ninth tier. So me and my buddy just came back home, and then as the years went on, obviously uh, I ended up going to soccer bees a couple times. You know, I met Joe, and you know, did all his combines, whatever. And there was one that really, really got to me, and that was before I went to Australia. And he was told this story so many times, but like it hit me, it got like it really got into me, and I was like, you know what, man, like. I'm going to go home and just email everyone. Everyone I find, I'm going to go email, like, whoever yeah. I find, and I'm going to email. So I literally, Brendan, I'm not even BSing you. I literally sat at my at my mom's computer for maybe, I don't know, seven, eight hours that night. And I emailed teams in Norway, Sweden, Australia, uh, New Zealand. Um, I don't even know. I can't even remember. And I, I'm telling you, and I told this to somebody else the other day, I sent over 2,000 emails, at least 2,000 emails. And you know how many answers I got back? Probably like 10. Four. Four. <laughs> four, dude. Four. I always, four. I always say this because like there's players I've had and that I've done something similar to that and they have as well. Like I'm always shocked that I didn't get an email one day like from like Gmail being like, dude, like your account is just spam. Like you, you we got to shut this down. Like you, why yeah, are you yeah. sending a thousand emails a day to like clubs in Bulgaria or something? It, it's, yeah. I had like, I had like Hotmail tell me one day, like, oh, like the mail recipient, cause he, you know, got too many emails and I'm like, crap. I'm like, I really wanted that one to go through. So I'm like forcing it, forcing it, forcing it. Hotmail's like, dude, stop. <laughs> like literally stop sending. It's not going to go in. I'm like, All right. But yeah, I got four emails, man. Uh, and, um, the one that was really, really interested in me was a, a team called Papatui AFC from New Zealand. They had played at that time. They were in the Lotto Division One. So the way it works in New Zealand is that they have winter leagues. So they have their first division, which is the ISB Premiership. Mm-hmm. And then they have their winter league, which is the Lotto Premier League. And then it's Division One, Division Two, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this guy, uh, coach name was Mark Holt, super interested. He's like, yeah, mate, listen, you look like a good little player. I would love to have you here, blah, blah. I can get you a job. I can get you an apartment. I can get you some money. And I was like, word, you know what? This is, this is the first time I actually had real, real interest. Like I'm not going to blow this. Yeah. So he sends me the contract, you know, it's like three or four pieces of paper. And obviously this is the first contract I'm ever going to sign. So I'm like super duper excited and I'm about to sign it. And I get another email. I get another email that night and uh, it was a team from Australia. And they were super interested as well. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, all right, well, Australia is a bigger country, continent. New Zealand's pretty small. I'm like, I'm like well, what do I do? So I had a friend uh, out in England and I sent him a message. I was like, hey, you know, I need your help. 
He goes, yeah, what's up? I was like, listen, I got an opportunity in New Zealand and I got an opportunity in Australia. I was like, what do you think I should do? So I tell him what leagues they're in. He goes, honestly, he's like, go to Australia. He's like, it's a bigger country, more opportunities. They play in the Asian, you know, federation. He's like, so you can easily move on somewhere else in Asia. He's like, compared to New Zealand, where unfortunately they're on the OFC and there's, you know, there's no way you can move there unless you move to Australia. So I was like, all right, that's fine. So I call the coach from New Zealand. And I tell him, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not going to sign. And he was really, really upset. Like, I mean, I think he's like, his, he was in tears when I cried. I'm like, it was bad. Like, it was like, oh, like, mate, come on. Like, you know, and um. I was like, yeah, I, I just got to do what I think is right. So I talked to the coach in Australia. I told him, hey, listen, I'm in. Um, I'm ready to go. You know, what can we work out? And he's like, all right, listen, we can pay you this much. Uh, we can give you this. We can give you that. And I was like, you know what? Perfect. So I headed out to Australia in March of 2016. And I was on a what flight there, to Australia. What are the details of this Australian team? Like, where was it? Where was it at? So, so that's I was going to tell you that. So. The coach tells me one thing, and then when mm. we get there, it was two different things. So, yeah. <laughs> so in the email, right? Even I mean, obviously, like this is this is also like advice for players. Like, whatever Wikipedia tells you, it's probably not correct. So, <laughs> so when I went on and I was like finding these clubs, and I'm emailing them, right? Like, in in when I found this club, the team I played for was called Wyndham District Soccer Club, or also known as Wolves FC. When I went, the coach. And even on Wikipedia said they play in the Brisbane Premier League. And now anybody who's played in Australia knows that the Brisbane Premier League is a very, very good league. It's tough. It's good. It's a high level. And some teams do pay very well. So I'm like, I didn't know about that. But I figured I was like, I put it on YouTube and they had videos and all mm. that stuff. I'm like, word, like this is legit. Like it might be semi-pro, but this is legit. Yeah, I'm out there. Right. So pretty much like I told him this. I was like, hey, listen, can you, what can you pay me? And he goes, I can give you like two fifty a week, two fifty Australian dollars. I was like, okay, which is like at that time was probably like two hundred US dollars. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's not that bad. He's like, listen, if you need more money, we'll get you a job. He's like, that's what we do for all our foreigners. Like, okay, so I get out there. Um, I get out. I miss a whole day. I fly out on a Saturday and I get there on a Monday. Didn't even see Sunday. I'm super tired, disoriented. Don't know where the heck I am. It's like a hundred and two degrees in Brisbane. Coach picks me up. And same thing. I didn't even know they drive on the other side of the road. So I'm just like, yo, what is going on here? Like, Such am I a disorienting like, thing when you get down there. It's dude, it's nuts. the worst. Like, you know, like England, you know, like, you know, you see videos, whatever. Like, you know, they drive on the other side of the road. But I'm like, I didn't like I wasn't very educated about Australia. So I get there and like the coach goes to the right hand side and I go on that side. He goes, oh, mate, like you're on, you're on my side. And I'm like, yeah, I did that all the time. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, sorry. Like, I thought, he's like, it's all right. It's like, all the Americans do it. And I was like, oh, great. Like, you know, add me to the collection. So I go in the car and he drops me off at the uh, at the house that they gave, gave us. And uh, he goes, hey, you want, we're going to train tonight. We have training. Are you in? And I'm like, all right. Yeah, let's go. So I go, I, I took a nap for like two hours. I met the family I stayed with, which till today, I still talk to them. Um <laughs> And we go to training. I'm super beat, man. Super duper beat. And I have a good training session. He goes, do you want to play this weekend? He's like, are you ready to play this weekend? Now, that was my biggest mistake. And I will forever, forever hold that against myself. Wow. I should have I should have literally said no. And the reason is because over there, it's summertime. It's 100 degrees. It's hot. Yeah, you and you know how it, yeah, and you know how it is here in New York, New Jersey area. 
February, March, it's cold as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not playing outside. At the most we're probably playing is like 7v7. And that's what I was doing. I was playing 7v7. I was playing futsal, you know, 4v4s, 5v5s. And I don't care who tells you otherwise. Playing futsal in 7v7 is completely different from going outside and playing on grass. I don't care what the fitness or whatever. No, it is. There's no way you can compare. There's no way you can be as fit. So I get out there and first game we play against our like it's a derby. We get we play against our local rivals, which was Bayside United. We start um, and I have a, uh, you know, we're in the locker room, whatever. And I, I know I'm starting. And the coach literally says this to us. He goes, I don't want to see passes into the midfield. He's like, defenders, grab the ball and boot it long into the box. And I'm like, what? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> no, dude, I'm, it gets worse. So whatever. I was like, okay. I was like, I mean, I guess that's the style or whatever. I mean, obviously like, you know, I was in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, professional, semi-professional game, like this tactics. You probably got a reason to do it. We walk out, we're walking out, two lines, whatever. I'm looking at the center back. He's standing right next to me. I'm looking at the center back for the other team. This guy's about like six foot six. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you want me to kick the ball long into this guy? I'm like, he's literally just going to stand there and, you know, knock yeah. it out. I'm like, what the hell? All right, whatever. So first ball comes, like, you know, first ball in the header. Uh, you know, second ball is a tackle. I win the tackle. And I'm like, all right, I'm having a decent game. And our line, like, since all of us really didn't know each other, like, we weren't talking, we weren't doing this. So we, we ended up going down, like, 3-0 um, and at, by, like, the first 20, 25 minutes. And I'm like, I'm having a shit show. Like, it is bad. I'm like, I thought I was starting good, but I'm like, mm. clearly not. Now, I I watch the videos to, and until this day, and I tell him sometimes, because I've, I've spoken to the other center back that played with me, he kept every every striker on and he blamed mm. me every single time it was always my fault why because you know i'm american I'm yep, the boy, uh-huh it's always my fault but i always watch the video and i'm like dude you were three <laughs> steps behind me you kept them on but <laughs> it is what it is and so we go down whatever and i get i get a ball and i'm like you know what i'm not kicking it long i'm playing the shorts in my center mid and my center mid freaks the hell out he's like <laughs> Like, he doesn't know what to do with the ball. Like it's like like lava, and I'm like the definition the of like he doesn't want it. Like you know, in those no, English he guys, they always yell, "He doesn't want, want it." Like literally, did not want. It. So what happens? Our our coach literally at halftime subs me off. Done, done for the whole game. And I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, what the hell, man? I was like, I didn't even do it. I was pissed. So second game, I didn't play. I like I didn't start. Sorry, and I played. And then the following game again, played a little bit. And then the, by the fourth game. I was on the bench, didn't play. And I was like, all right, this, this isn't going to work out. So the coach was cool with us um, in the fact that he gave us coaching work and all that stuff. So he was always with us all the time. So I literally told him one day, I was like, hey, listen, like, there's a couple of things we need to talk about. And like, you told me we were playing in this league. And I'm like, and we're playing in the league under, which was called the Capital League One. So it was technically at that time. It was the fourth division. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care about the divisions because it's still semi-pro and I'm still getting paid. I was like, I don't care. And I was like, but you kind of BS. He's like, oh, no. Like, I, 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 yeah, I'm just making BS, whatever. And I'm like, look, I want to play. What else can I do? He goes, you know what? Like, you're kind of small for center back. Now, mind you, I'm six foot. So, I mean, six foot is not very tall either, but it's not that small. And he's like, yeah, well, you're pretty small. He's like, can you play right back? I was like, I mean, if you've trained me, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So we would go early in the mornings before we all coached and whatever. And he would do extra work with us, like some of us, like the foreigners. 
and I trained as a right back. So we go, we had an FFA Cup game, which for people who don't know, that's the, you know, the equivalent of like the FA Cup. Yep. And we played a, a team that was two divisions higher. So they played in the National Premier League. And that day, it freaking poured. I mean, it looked like the world was ending. Like, floods, everything. We're like, oh, game's going to get canceled. Nope. We go to the field, and the coach literally says, did you guys bring your long studs? And I'm like, what? Like, I've never used metal studs in my life. So they let me borrow these, and I'll never forget them. Some size 11 and a half studs this long, lotos. And they were like the sticky, like, material. And I'm like, I don't know how to play in these shoes. Like, I don't even know how to stop the ball. Like, it's weird. It's different. I mean, a lot of people will be like, oh, it's stupid. But, like, if you've never played in metal studs, it is completely different. Yeah. And I started out right back and literally played 20 minutes. And the coach helped me off again. And I was like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, this is so, like, I tried to talk to him. And that's when he started, like, changing with me 100%. And, um... I was getting frustrated and I was like busting my ass at practice. And then he eventually dropped me to the, to the reserve team. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, like, yo, like, cause the problem is like in Australia, right? I mean, maybe it's changed. Maybe it hasn't. I'm not sure. But if you play top team football, you get paid. And for my team, you got paid every 10th of the month. You got paid once a month. Right. Um, so I got dropped down to the reserve team and I had no money. So I'm like, ah, uh, so they stopped paying you exactly so they stopped paying me and i'm like oh listen like in the contract it says i get paid no matter what like i'm pretty sure that's what it says i like i always take pictures of my contracts and everything and i always like make sure i have and it literally says like on the bottom like no matter what um i need to get paid and they didn't want to pay me so i'm like all right whatever like i can't argue this because at the end of the day they're not going to listen to me and um i dropped down to the reserve team and i'm like i'm so pissed and i'm like you know what like i'm just gonna work my socks off and then get back on the top team and you know that's it so month passes by and results are not going the first team's way like they literally they lose like four or five games in a row and we're like bottom of the table about to get relegated and coach gets fired and he was my boss too for like coaching because he still let he still let me coach like he wasn't that much of a d-bag and he you know um he he gets fired and they bring in a new coach and he was a South African guy. And he supposedly like, like coach somewhere abroad. I don't know, somewhere in Asia or something like that. And the, the people that I lived with, uh, I lived with the kit manager and his wife. So the kit manager, like, you know, we had a good relationship. I was, you know, they're like, they're like second parents to me, honestly. Yeah. And he goes, listen, mate, I'm going to talk to the coach for you. You, you. you know, you're playing very well in the reserve team. Like you don't deserve to be there. Like I'm going to talk to them. So he goes, he talks to them, and it was literally like going in one ear and out the other. Paid no attention to me. Nothing. Nothing at all. And we would always friend, we would always uh, do scrimmages on Wednesdays. Wednesday was literally scrimmage day. It was the first team versus the reserve team. Mm-hmm. And I, shit you not, I would like play my socks off. And I'm like literally looking like the better right back. And I would never get picked ever, ever just because, you know, for whatever reason, coach, the other coach brought in more players, so like players that he knew, he brought in his son, obviously. Um, and it was like, I was never going to play. So in June of that year, um, one of the coach, one of the kids that I coached, his dad was like the coolest, I mean, coolest man on the planet earth. Like this dude was cool as hell, man. <laughs> and his son loved me. And like his son would literally come to my games just to watch me play. And 
I t- like his dad was like, listen, man, like, yo, I, I love you, dude. Like you are, you're an awesome person. You're an awesome player. Like, you know, you, you put your head down, you work, you grind. Like, I want to help you. So I'm like, how can you help me? He goes, I want to get you out of this team and I want to get you on another one. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So, so we started going and getting towards the end of the season for your Australian team. So, yeah, it's like towards the end. So it's like, so in June over there, you can, I like June 3rd, I don't know how it is. I don't know. It's like June 25th to June 30th is their transfer window. So that's the only time you can go sign for another club. Mm. So around that time, he's like, listen, every day we're going to go train with a new club and, you know, I'll drive you there. I'll take you and we'll see where we're. So I went to like an MPL club. They didn't need any more defenders. I went to three BPL clubs. One kept me there for a couple of days. And then at the end, they were like, listen, like, we'll take you, but we're going to put you on the reserve team. And I was like, nah, like, I'm not playing reserve team football. And not being cocky, it's just like, I just want to play. Like, I know yeah. that if I go first team, like, it's I, uh, reserve team, I'm not, I'm not going to get the opportunity. So <clears throat> he goes, listen, I got a friend that's up north about like 30 minutes from, from Brisbane. Um, their team is in Capital League too. So the league under. He goes, he's going to take, he'll, he'll take you. He needs a right and left back. And he'll pay you about like 200 bucks per game. So I go, I train and I automatically, he liked me, signed me. And he goes, listen, first game, I'm going to make you play with the reserve team just, just because. And I was like, okay, fine. I play center mid. I haven't played center mid maybe since I was like 10 years old. <laughs> I'm completely like lost. So all I did was literally just pass and kick people, pass and kick people. Like I did not know what I was doing. And we go, we win that game, and then I go and I sit on the the top uh, the bench for the top team, and I go in like the last thirty, and I play left back, and I won my spot. So after that, I played, I played, I played. Um, you know, was going was like obviously loving you know football again, mm. loving Australia, whatever. And playoffs come, and I don't start, and I was like, dude, like I literally played every game coming up to the playoffs. Like, why am I not playing? And he was just kind of like, coach was like, listen, it's nothing personal. It's just like, I just feel like, you know, such and such is better for off for the playoffs. I was like, whatever. We ended up losing in the first round. Done. Season's over. Now I got nothing to do. So I had I stayed there for like an extra month and I was like, all right, work. let me see what else I can try to find. Obviously nothing because everyone finished at the same time. So my options were A, go home and try to find a team later on and don't come back. Or B, stay there and you know, do the most illegal thing and, you know, go over my visa day and not get deported. So I was just I was like, about to what? ask you that. What type of visa were you on when you were over there? So I got a work and work and holiday visa. So it allows you to okay. work or and play and do whatever for a whole year. Now, I didn't know until I came home that you can renew that visa by doing farm work. But I didn't know. That. I've heard about this. Yeah. I've yeah. heard like for one year you can do like a specific type of job but then if you do farm work like you can renew it for another year yeah and i didn't know that no one told me that so i literally so i said you know what like i've obviously missed my parents i miss my my family my friends whatever like i'm gonna come home for a short period of time and i'll just go back so how long were you you were away for the full year right a whole year yeah man i was there for a whole year and so before i left i was like look i gotta find me a team gotta find me a team i gotta find me a team i was like i don't care i need something to to know that i'm gonna come back so i started emailing again the 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 number one tool email and obviously since i was australia i just started texting coaches and calling them and i had a uh team in new south wales which is the state under 
in the National Premier League two, I think it was, a team called Western New South Wales Mariners emailed the coach. I blew up his phone and he goes, listen, I'll sign you, but I'll sign you for like 120 bucks a week. And I was like, can you give me a job? No. Can you get me coaching work? No. And I'm like, man, that's that's, so, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's rough, man. I was like, you know, I can't really do anything. So I was like, all right, I'll think about it. So I get another email, maybe like uh, four or five days before my flight is, uh, is, is supposed to take off back to America. And I get another email from another local club in Brisbane called Mountain Cravat Hawks. And I go, I talk to the coach. He's like, listen, I've seen you play. He's like, I've talked to your ex-coaches. I've heard very good things about you. You're very professional. You're a good guy. I'm going to bring you in. Sweet. So I go, and before I left, I signed a contract. And it was a very good contract, too. He was willing to pay me like 450 bucks per week. I was like, word. And I was like, can you give me a job? He's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I'll do anything. I was like, I worked at a car wash. Because that's what I did as a part-time. I worked at a car wash for a couple, mm-hmm. of days, like a couple of weeks with, when I was at Wolves. But they had to let me go because... I don't know how to drive stick, and I almost crashed a Lamborghini into the <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I tell this story to people, and they're like, nah, nah, like, I don't believe that. And I swear, like, I swear on my grandfather, who's passed away, man. I literally get in this Lambo, and I don't know how to drive stick. Ever in my life, I've ever stick. And I move, like, the stick shift, and the car just zooms into the wall, and I, like, slam on the brakes. And they're like, nah, Fetty, get out. Like go go wash the cars. And I was like, okay, my, my bad. Like, <laughs> like my that's bad. wild. Like, and don't get me wrong, like yo, car washes over there. Like I, I would do that part time any day of the week, just because over there, like, like you were getting like, I think we were getting like five fifty a week just to wash cars. It was sick, man. Like so, at the end of the day, like playing football when I was getting paid and working at the car wash, like you were making some decent money, you know. And uh, so I told him, I was like, I'll do anything. So he's like, do you want to paint? He's like, I can get you like part time painting. Now I was like, like all right. Um, my my dad's a painter. Like he's always been a painter. He's painted his whole life. So I kind of know how to paint because I painted with him. And I was like, I was like, do I want to? <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, do I want to go down the same route as my dad? I'm like, all right. You know what? I was like, it's a little bit extra cash. I was like, it's Australia. You get paid decently well. Let's do it. So I signed a contract. I agree with him to go do some painting. And I was, he's like, listen, we start preseason X day. I said, okay. I'm gonna go home for a couple months. I'll be back. Um, I get back, obviously come back home to America. Everyone's happy, whatever. And, um, I start spending money. Like there's no tomorrow. Like I start, like, I don't know what went through my mind and I just start spending money and money and money. And there came a point where like, I had no money and I had to like ask a friend. I'm like, yo dude, like, can you let me borrow some cash? He goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know when I'll pay you back. And he goes, bro, like pay me back when you can. And if you can't, don't worry about it. And uh, it was time for me to leave, and I didn't have money for my flight. So I'm like BSing the coach. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have some issues right now, blah, 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 this and that. And I never, like, things came up. Like, I ended up getting hurt. I had to help, like, family members, and, and, like, I had to help another friend. Like, he was an issue. So, like, I ended up, like, having no money, and I didn't go back. So the coach literally was like, hey, listen, like, I have to, you know, terminate your contract. You know, you're not going to play. So I, uh, I stayed. I stayed here. And it was I'm the sure that worst, must have gotten, man. Like, heartbreaking. To, oh, like, it was the worst, man. I was like in my room, and I'm like, dude, like this is what I've been like dreaming of doing. Like I've been dreaming of playing my whole life, and I go and I blow this. Um, my my best friend, right? His name is Billy. 
And me and him, like, we've gone to tryouts together. We've gone, you know, overseas together. Like, we do everything. Like, me and him are, like, literally, like, peanut butter and jelly. We're, like, we're, like, super close. Maybe not now because, you know, obviously when you get older, like, work and and girlfriends and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, he's my best friend, like, for, like, like, I don't care. Like, and I wanted to help him out because he's a good little footballer, too, you know. And I was, like, look, this guy, he's not like me, though. Like, he's not the kind of person who's going to sit on the computer and email 5,000 people. He won't do that. But I'm like, yo, I want to help him, man. Like, I want him to, 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 to go overseas. So I start, like, looking online again. I start doing the whole thing. And I find this club called uh, Wagga Wagga City Wonders, right? They're from the New South Wales, like, NPL. I forgot. I think it was, like, NPL 3. Mm-hmm. So I start talking to the, to the guy. His name was Brendan Flanagan. I start talking to the guy. I'm like, hey, listen, like, I'm a, I'm a defender. My buddy's a defender, uh, like a midfielder, whatever. Um, he's like, yeah, listen. Uh, we want to bring you guys both over. We'll pay for your flight. We'll give you a free pair of boots. We'll give you a free housing. We'll give you free food, but we can't pay you guys. All right. I was like, can you get us a job? He goes, yeah, I'll get you a job at Auto Body Shop. And I was like, all right, perfect. So that's where the the renewing the visa issue comes in. So yeah. I didn't know about the renewing visa. So I was like, you know what? I'll just get a new visa. And to get a visa to Australia, if you don't renew stuff, it is extremely, extremely hard mm-hmm. because you can't BS them. You have to be honest. Like, all right, what are you going to go overseas for? Like, what are you coming here for? So I have to tell them, I was like, oh, I'm going to play football for, you know, such and such. No, this visa is not it. You can't get it. Denied. Boom. Like, damn. So I got to wait like two, three months. So my, my buddy ended up going and I couldn't go at the end of the day. And uh, I stayed here in America. And at that time, um, I knew a kid that was playing out in the, at that time, the professional league called the American Soccer League, the ASL. So I played, I ended up signing for a team in uh, called the Philadelphia Adams. Now, at first, they didn't want to take me. At first, they didn't want to take me, man. I went to uh, I went to their open tryouts. Same thing. I was like, all right, well, I got nothing to lose. Like, it's like twenty bucks, whatever. It's like an, an hour and a half drive. I'm gonna go. Um, who go down the, there. Who's the? If you don't mind me asking, who's the coach at this time of that? At that time, it was a guy named George Gunn. Okay. Um, because the owner, the owner is uh, or was uh, Matt Driver. Yeah. Okay. And, and dude, I have, you, I have a story about him too. But let's see, let's you hear. Know, if anybody who knows Matt Driver, he is the. Now, excuse me, how I'm gonna say this, but he is the biggest piece of shit you can meet. <laughs> like, he is the absolute worst guy ever. Like this guy, this guy still owes me money. Like let's just put it like that. Oh, from him. from the the season, Adams. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it's, it's so common of him. And so I go to the open tryouts and. He goes there, and mind you, I was fit. I was the fittest I've ever been. I think I weighed like 170 pounds, like the lightest I've ever been. And he goes up to me and goes, listen, mate, you're fat. You're not going to make it. He's like, you're not signing. And he just walks out. And I'm like, what? what? I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm like speechless. And my and my girlfriend at that time, we were supposed to go to Philadelphia. And I'm like, yo, babe, honestly, like, let's just go home. I was like, I, I don't know what to say to that. She goes, yo, don't, don't listen to that. I was like, nah, like that like that bothers me because as a kid like i always suffered with obesity i was always fat as a little kid so like i know a lot of people are like would be like oh like it shouldn't bother you but like when you've always been fat and then you're like an adult and someone tells you fat and you're not fat it bothers you you know what i'm saying and it really bothered me a lot and i'm like like you know like he could have said like to me listen you're not at the level to play here you know this and that but i would have been like specific thing to say yeah yeah and i would have been like all right you know what all right fine like maybe maybe i'm not at the level that's fine 
but he literally is like, oh, you're fat. You're not good enough. Get out of here. And I was like, mother. All right, whatever. So I knew George, the coach, because uh, I before I went to Australia, I had been training with a team called the Delaware Copperheads, and they were playing in the ASL too. Um, so I played with them before I left. And we had another coach, his name was Jason. And Jason and George would work together or whatever. So I knew him. So I like sent him an email and I was like, yo, dude, like, I really want to play. Like, I, I feel like I can play on this team. He goes, listen, we start preseason in like end of May. Come down, train, see how you do. And then, you know, if you do well, we'll sign you. So, all right. So I didn't do anything. I didn't play. I just trained. And then I went down in May to preseason and I ended up signing with them for the following that this that year and to be honest with you like we were awful <laughs> we were so bad man like it was it was i don't even know how to explain it like it was the most unprofessional professional team you could ever be on we would go to training it was two or three times a week we trained down at a uh, total turf uh, down in mantua new jersey mm-hmm. and <laughs> george george ends, ends up leaving we don't have a coach so uh, one of my teammates, Tim, had to take the sessions. I had to do the sessions sometimes. And then we ended up getting this uh, this new coach, Ken, this Nigerian guy. And he was an okay coach. I, I have nothing really bad to say about him. But he was just, it was just, I don't feel like he was to par with, like, you know, with the level we were supposed to play at. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, I played that season. And I my dad would go to the games because, you know, they were local. And like my dad would always say the same thing. He's like, "Hey, this league is made so the yellow team can win." Which the yellow team was the Philadelphia Fury. It was literally my dad. Like my dad was like, "Literally, this league is made for them to win." You don't realize that. And I'm like, "Nah, nah." I never realized it. And then I was like, I, I would like, you know, I would sit back later on, and I'm like, "Damn, dude, like he's right. Like this league is literally made for them." Because the following year, um, that that summer after, or sorry, that fall after I was done playing, um. I got in, uh, again, started email and started searching and, uh, I found this like showcase thing in Thailand and I sent them a message on Twitter and they answered me, but they're like, Oh, email us and send us a message on Facebook. So that go message them. And they're like, listen, it's like 800 bucks to do the showcase. You play against three professional teams. Um, you get trainings, you get kit, you get food, you get hotel done. I was like, we're not even thinking about it twice. And I go. And I have a absolute, like, I mean, an absolutely amazing showcase. Uh, I was, I got picked as the captain of the showcase. Um, we ended up playing against Bangkok Glass B, which for people who don't know, Bangkok Glass is, you know, a team in the Thai Premier League. They have a really, really nice stadium. Um, we played them. We beat them. Uh, we played another team, which is like probably one of the biggest teams in the third division that they personally like to stay in the third division. They don't like aspire to move from there. Um, Chamchur United, we beat them. And then we ended up playing one more and I don't remember their name and we beat them as well. And there was like talks and, and stuff like that about like, they were all talking about me and they're like, Oh, we were, he reminds us of Matt Smith. And for people who don't know who Matt Smith is, Matt Smith played for Brisbane Roar. He was the, he played on the Australian national team. Like the guy's a sick center back, you know? And I, and like, just to know that I was like getting compared to him because he was the captain of Bangkok glass at this time. Okay. I was like, yo, that's, I was like, that's, that's impressive, man. Like, yeah. so I know like I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. So I think that the one team offered to sign me and like the people who run the company, uh, 
they uh they're like listen it's too low money for you like it's not worth it you're a foreigner like you should get more um so i waited a couple days nothing and i came back home and then we always stayed in touch and they're listen we're gonna have another showcase in december are you gonna play on a team i'm like uh i'm gonna see if i can play again with the philadelphia adams and then i'll let you know so i came home i messaged the coach ken and he was like oh i'm I'm gone i was like i'm not i'm not doing that anymore he's like it's the worst organization etc 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 blah 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 and i was like all right um i hit up mad driver mad driver never answered and you know not like he was never gonna answer anyways because i messaged him about money and it was just like red so it's like all right whatever um <laughs> yeah dude like we like look like i'm not gonna bs you like our contracts were like 100 bucks per game right mm. win or lose it was 100 bucks per game and like Anybody who hears that, like, wow, like that's professional. Well, like I said, it's a professional league. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I know. Let's take a break to talk about support for the In the 11 podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you got to take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild, and we got to change that here, and Manscaped's going to help you do that. So, First off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below the waist grooming. And that is because of their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400K LED spotlight. So, no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor, right? Pop in the shower. You've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that weed whacker, the Manscaped Weed Whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate, sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pregame rituals, you've got postgame rituals a recovery routine that you do after, right? Hop in an ice bath, whatever it is. You have to add your below-the-waist care to that. you got to take care of your balls, gentlemen. You don't want to be playing 90 minutes, and then you come in, and you're sweaty and disgusting, and you're not taking care of yourself. you got you got to do it. And Manscaped, like I said, is here to help you in that department. And who knows? Maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game, watching you play. You know, you play a good 90 minutes. Maybe you bag a goal. I don't know. You want to be ready. You want to be prepared. You don't want to be in a situation where you are left without Manscaped. Now, just because Manscaped is hooking you up and they want to take care of you, the Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped boxer briefs and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip. You're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taken care of. So it is time, gentlemen, because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off 
with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code 11, E-L-E-V-E-N at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% off your order with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 11, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. First of all, dime. Never. And the guy owes me like at least like a grand. And I've yeah, that's why I'd know, heard a lot about that team, even when they went up into Nisa, because they were in yeah. Nisa for a little bit, the Philadelphia yeah, Fury, were. and then folded because players weren't getting paid, and like the, you know, then players started to leave, and it was just a. And my story is not the same. I never actually played with the club, but I did go to a trial for them for I don't know if it was the Fury or the Adams a few years ago, and felt like I had done well. Didn't really hear anything back stayed a little bit in touch with Matt Driver and then like at one point told me to like come to a f- like a friendly that they were playing or something that the Adams were playing maybe and tells me where it is and what time and like I show up and no one's there it, like it's just like youth kids playing like I go inside and like there's nobody inside like I'm outside on that on that turf field and yeah. like, it's just a youth team training and I'm like what like so I was like texting him, texting him, like, hey, like, wh- like, what is, you know, is there a friendly or am I in the wrong place? And never heard anything back. So it's just, it's funny, like, I always find that when I do these podcasts, it's like, you can always kind of make one little connection, like the small world of, of soccer type thing. But that, uh, that always the Philadelphia is, series is wild. <laughs> nah, dude, it's, it's like, uh, I don't even know. It's the fact that I ended up playing there, I guess. I guess it opened up my eyes more to it. Cause like I would always see ASL and I would see, cause like my cousin played in ASL too. He played for a team that was local to me called Icon FC, but Icon FC was just like, it was like impossible to get on. Like it didn't, like it didn't even matter if you had like a cousin, a brother or whatever. Like my cousin would take me to trainings with them and it would like, it was just no way I can get in. Cause they had way too many like ex pros, like ex like MLS guys and stuff like that. And like guys who played in Italy and things like that. And it was like, all right, like, I'm not saying that I can't compete with those guys, but it's just like the organization and the people who own it, they're just not going to take me, you know? And when I told my cousin, I was like, yo, I'm going to go down to the Philadelphia team. And he even told me, he's like, yo, dude, like, I've heard bad things about them. And like, I'm like, have you ever talked to them? He's like, no, no, he's like, but I know a couple of people that have been down there. And it's just not, it's not the best. So I'm like, all right, like, I got to play. Like, at the end yeah. of the day, I got to play, and, you know, and I got to do what I got to do. So, yeah, like I mean, like I was telling you, so I came back from that combo, that showcase, and then I I tried to hit up the Adams, and hit up driver, no answer. I hit up the new coach, and he was like, "Yeah, like listen, like if you want to come, like you can come train." He's like, "But I can't guarantee you a spot on the team this year." So I went down a couple of days, and oh, dude, I mean, it was like ten guys, and there was like now, not to sound messed up or like cocky or whatever, but there was like overweight guys. There was like guys who could not play at that level, even if it was professional semi-pro. Ten guys, man, for almost a two-hour drive. And I went like, what, two, three days in a row, and it was the same thing. And I literally told the coach, I was like, you know what? Thank you. Yeah. But but got to go. I got to go. And even because my dad would go with me. Like my dad um, would always go with me just because, you know, it was a far drive and he never wanted me to fall asleep or whatever the case may be. And my dad was literally like, the fact that you came two days, he's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, well, dad, what do you want me to do? Like, you know, like I got nothing else to do. So I got to come. So I I just trained. I just trained and I ended up, uh, I think I ended up playing like some like local team around here, like in the like, Sunday league. And then I went back for another showcase in December. And um, 
honestly, it didn't go very well. I didn't, I didn't play great. We played like other professional teams and I just didn't play great. I was fitter. I was way fitter. I was like, there was no excuse. I just didn't have a good showcase. Mm. But the people from that showcase were like really cool with me and really nice. And they like, you know, we became friends and they're like, yo, come to one more, play this season. Like just play locally at home, just train, come and, you know, we'll get you signed. So I go 2018, summer of 2018. And like they said, you know, I was just trying hard and I trained my socks off, man. I was like the fittest. I was, I was like, look, I was like, yo, I want to play any position possible. Every position that, that, that foreigners take up in Thailand, like I will play it. Like, I don't care. So they're like, all right, well, technically you're one of the fittest guys here. Like, do you want to play uh, outside mid? Let's go. Like, okay, let's do it. We go. We play our first game against. Uh, it was like uh, this, like a team, like a reserve team of a second division club, and we play a three-five-two. And I'm playing wingback, and they gave us like the vest, like the GPS, whatever. And like you look at my map at the end of the, at the end of the game, and I had, I don't know how many miles I covered. I covered a lot of miles, and I just ran, like ran. It was all red, and yeah. I was like, dude, I worked. I almost had an assist. I almost scored. And one of the scouts comes up to our like the guys were running. They're like, yo, he's good. But I don't see him as a as a wing back because he's too slow. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I just ran like like 50 <laughs> miles. Like, 90 minutes, yeah. Yeah, like I just ran 90 minutes in a hundred degree heat with like 90% humidity. Like, what? He goes, no. Um, he goes, listen, in Thailand, like if you're a foreigner and you play out wide, like you gotta be really quick. Like they don't really care if you run. They just want you to be quick. All right, fine. So then the second and third game, I play center back, I play well. And uh, I ended up getting some trials. I ended up going to uh, a third division team and a fourth division team. And I was going to sign for a third division. No, sorry. I was going to sign for a fourth division team. And before I was like, I was going to sign, they folded. Like the team just disappeared. Like it seized operations. And I was like, crap, like, what do I do now? Um, So I ended up staying another week in Thailand. And uh, the guys from the same company, they ended up helping me out, get a couple of trials. And I was going to sign for a third division team. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what came over me, honestly. Um, I decided not to do it. My, uh, my sister was talking to me while uh, I was over there and she goes, Hey, listen, like my job is looking for people. And I was like, well, I was like, how much do they pay? And she told me like the yearly salary, which was like 40 K. And I'm like, well, I haven't made more than like 20 <laughs> in like years. Your whole life. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, dude, do I do this? So I talked to the club and I was like, how much can you guys pay me? And they're like, well, we can pay you like, you know, a thousand two hundred dollars a month. And I started doing the math math and I'm like, all right, nah, like it's it's better for me just to get a job. I was like, I'll figure it out, I'll try to play like pro in America or something like that. And I just came home. And I came home that that summer of twenty eighteen and like I focused on working and stuff like that. And I used to work for a company called Siemens, like a German company. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I worked for them because my sister's been there for like 20 years. And <laughs> Brendan, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It was the worst decision I ever made. I hated waking up every single day to do the same goddamn thing. It was the worst, yeah. worst decision I made. You know. And, and nine I, to five life is is difficult. Not, no, for a not lot even of not even nine to five. This was like seven to three, and then like oh. it changed from like six to two. It was the worst, man. What were you actually like, doing? Like, what was your job? So I used to, so I used to work for a division of Siemens called Health and Ears. So what we used to do, we used to build machines for hospitals. 
Um, the machine I used to build was called the clinical chem or the chemistry, the clinical chemistry machine or something like that. And pretty much what it does, it like tests blood and urine. That's what it was doing. But it was so repetitive. It was literally the same damn thing every morning. And it's like, you do one machine, well, you got to build another one. You do another machine, well, you got to build another one. Like you can't just sit there and not do anything. So I'm like, like the whole year went by and it was, it was almost 2019 or sorry, like the whole, like the whole, like fall, whatever. And it was almost 2019. And I'm like, nah, man, like, this is not for me. Like, I got to find something to do. Like, I got to find a team. I got to do something like this is, this is terrible. So in my head, like this crazy idea came into my head. I'm like, yo, you know, it'd be sick if I can play in a champions league. And I'm like, that's me literally thinking big. Like, that's me being like 17 years old again and thinking like big. Mm. I'm like, yo, me playing a champion league would be sick. But I was realistic with myself. I'm like, all right, where could I definitely play Champions League? And I'm like, all right, I could definitely play CONCACAF Champions League. Not for obviously for an MLS team or like, you know, one of the big clubs. I was like, but I could definitely play MLS. Uh, sorry, CONCACAF uh, mm. Champions League. All right, let me let me contact some clubs. I contacted a few in the Caribbean, whatever, and they didn't play in, and they didn't play in the Champions League. They played in like some like Caribbean club, cup, shield, whatever. Some of them told me to go, but they're like, oh, we can't give you any money. And, you know, you have to come play with us in, in the regular season, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, all right, well, that's not worth it because I'm not making a dime. I'm like, all right, where else can I check? And I check Asia. Now, Asia's Champions League is absolutely massive. Now, UEFA Champions League is huge, but the Asian one, there is so many teams in that championship. It's insane. Wow. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right, let's, let's start from A to B. So I start messaging Arabic teams, Middle Eastern teams, Indian teams, Chinese teams. Like I did not care. At that point, I was like, y'all, if they take me, they take me. And if they don't, they don't. I think I got like one answer from like an Arabic team and they're like, yeah, like we, we would like to take you. We'd be interested. But unfortunately, like it's kind of hard for you to get a visa because you're American and we have issues with you guys because of war and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> great. I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, like, great. Because of war. Great. But my luck. And I'm like, all right. Asia's out the question. I was unless like I try Australia again. I'm like, but obviously it's the A-League, you know, and mm -hmm. for you to get signed in the A-League, like you either need to That's be an Australian yeah. or like you need to be a big time, like, you know, uh, foreign player and i'm like i know big time player and i'm like yo like let me let me look at ofc i'm like it's probably not pro i'm like but i could definitely play there and get an opportunity so uh now when you say ofc what do you what are you referring to for me so, people don't know ocean ocean i don't know how to say oceana football okay. federation or confederation whatever it is gotcha um so like where new zealand is uh uh what else uh solomon islands vanuatu fiji all those like pacific islands and um so before so i get i start doing that and um before that i had like i had decided to email some clubs from europe from like the uefa like europa league and i was like you know what let me message some uh some some clubs so i hit up bulgaria and now uh, i don't want to sound like like a douche but if anybody's from bulgaria oh man i i hate bulgaria that is the worst place ever i would never go back there dude it's i hate it um but i i ended up getting in contact with some clubs in the the, in the europa league it's like first division and i was like all right well you know, it's not, I don't feel like Bulgarian football is that high of a level. So I could probably maybe get a chance. So the guy was like, Hey, listen, uh, I know an agent. 
Um, I'll give you his contact, reach out to him, and then, you know, you can come out here and then we'll figure it out. So I reach out to the agent and very nice guy. And he goes, listen, like, um, right now it's kind of hard for you to sign in the first division because, you know, the season started and, and, and like the foreign spots are all taken, but I can definitely get you an opportunity in the third. I said, okay, let's do it. So I book a flight to Bulgaria and he goes, listen, like just pay me 500 bucks and you know, I'll set you up with everything. And I was like, okay. So I get there and I paid him in cash. I give him 500 bucks and he pays for my bus from uh, Sofia to Razlog. Right, which is all the way up in the mountains. Razlog, Bulgaria. Yeah, it dude, sounds like it, out of a like a horror is, movie. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the actual town wasn't bad, mm. but it's just like, nah. So like the situation was like this. So I had to live in like an apartment that the club gave. I had to eat at a restaurant that the club was like affiliated with, and then I had to walk up to the club. Now, mind you, the club in the stadium was like at the top top of the mountain. So from like. I lived at the bottom and I had to walk up a steep hill like this mm-hmm. to get to the club. There was like a workout before you even worked out. That was yeah. the thing. And to get to the, to the restaurant, you had to walk three miles. Like there was no one taking you. We had to walk three miles, me and like the other foreign players. So every day we walked for lunch and dinner, three miles there, three miles back. So by the time literally we walked back, we were hungry all over again. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like it's the worst. And then the apartment situation, like it was owned by like a player or whatever in the club. And uh, <laughs> it was colder inside the room than it was outside. <laughs> and like we would tell the guy, like, hey, man, can you can you turn on the heat? And he would like not turn it on or he knew that we were gone and he would turn it on when we were gone. And then at night we're freezing. Like my buddy, one of, a, one of my buddies that I became friends with, like over there. He sent me a picture the other day and I'm like literally in a hat, like up to here, covered to my head, like, cause I'm freezing. Yeah. Like laying in bed. Like it was, that was how bad it was. And the club, the, like the whole training situation, like the coach was, I'm not gonna lie to you, he was pretty racist, man. Like he treated the black players like crap. He treated me like crap cause I was American and I just didn't like the situation. Uh, he like first, like first week I'm there, like I, I get, in, I go into a scrimmage, I play, I do well. I'm like, all right, I'm doing well. Like I can play here, you know, second, second week I'm there. I was there for like almost three weeks. Second week I'm there. Um, again, played another, was supposed to actually play in the scrimmage. And he didn't let me play. He said some BS reason I couldn't play. Oh, because we were playing against the, the town mayor, whatever, like his club. So I can't play. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, all right, whatever. So so he goes and he in and like the following week he goes and he's like oh come into the office and i thought he was gonna tell like you know what like i'm cutting you we don't want yeah. you so he goes and he says listen i want to sign you. i'm gonna give you a contract it's 500 lev uh i don't know if it was per month or per week i don't know i didn't really really listen and i literally look at him and i'm like okay i was like i'm not gonna sign right now i need to talk to my agent i didn't have one i just knew the guy that sent me my you know, thought process was, you know what, I'm not staying here. Like any other player, like, yeah, like you would take the opportunity to just play and then you move up to like, you know, the second division or try to move up to the first. But my, like the situation was just so bad. Yeah. So bad. Like it was not worth it. Like why it would have been different too, if this was like your first ever opportunity and like, absolutely. Like you had already done it. You know what I mean? Like I, I always say, I feel like you kind of, you level up a little bit, right? Like you want a little bit more each time. And like, maybe like you said, when you're 21 and you're just, I just want contract anywhere. Yeah. Maybe you'll take it. But 
there comes a certain point where you're like, all right, I don't want to wear a winter hat every night to, to Yeah, man. Oh, dude, it was the worst. I mean, like, there was times where, like, the pitch, when we had training, the pitch was covered in snow. So they had, like, a small turf field that was uh, caged in, and we would train there. Now, mind you, there's 30-something guys training on, like, a 7v7 field. Like, it was, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. And, I mean, obviously, like, trainings were decent. That's not what I was complaining about. But it was just, like, the way that we were treated. And, like, me, like, I just didn't like the fact, like, how he was with the black players. Like, the coach, like, literally, like, would single them out and, like, would make them train on their own. And I'm just like, dude, like, you can't be any more obvious that you don't like these guys. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, that's terrible. And I'm like, you guys are technically a professional club. I'm like, dude, like, it's terrible. You can't be like that. So, so me and this other kid that he was Greek, right? Um we go and we're supposed to we like he was my roommate in the place and i was like dude to be honest with you like i know we were supposed to have a scrimmage that that friday and i was like dude to be honest with you like i don't i don't freaking care man like i don't want i don't want to play he goes no nah, no nah, let's play like let's play like we, we we gotta play like let's finish strong like yo they always they already offered us contracts like you know we gotta take it we gotta take it i knew what i was doing and i was taking my sweet ass time getting ready I knew that it was like such and such time we had to be at the stadium. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're walking out. We start walking to the stadium and the bus drives by, goes around the roundabout. And they're all staring at us like, no, I just wait back there. I'm like, peace. And he's like, dude, we missed the freaking bus. And I was like, bro, I'm not signing with this club. I was like, I'm not doing with it. I was like, I'm not not dealing with this man i was like i'm too old to deal with this bs i'm like i'm not doing it. he goes what the fuck man like i wanted to play and i was like dude you should have left without me i was like, that's your fault like you know <laughs> so i was like don't blame me for your for your you know so we to like i don't know i i kind of felt bad and i was like all right let me hit up the agent you know that, that brought me here so i hit him up and he's like listen like you can go to another third division team that's like an hour like back this way if you want to come like it's an hour down the mountain and i was like Nah, man, I'm good. So I literally look at this kid and I'm like, yo, let's go to Greece. He goes, you want to? He's like, I got family in Greece. I'm like, yeah, screw it. So we go down to like the main, like the main town center and we rent a car and we drive down to, to, to Greece. Cause like the, where we were to the Greek border was like an hour. Mm. So we drove, we drove to Greece. We went to uh, Thessaloniki, one of the, like the bigger cities in the North. Went there, we visited and he's like, oh, dude. Like my family lives like three hours away or four hours away. And I was like, all right, let's get a hotel and we'll just stay. He's like, nah, nah, screw that. He's like, we're driving now. So we drove down like another five hours down to like his family's house. And we stayed in Greece for like four days. And then we ended up coming back home uh, to, Bulgaria. sorry, we ended up coming back to Bulgaria. We dropped the car off. We got on a plane and we said, screw it. Like we put the X on Bulgaria. Like we're never coming back here ever again. Like ever, unless like a first division team, like like Ludo Goretz or something like that, is like yeah. asks us to come play. Like, nah, I would never go back there again, man. Never again, man. Yeah, man. I've heard, I've heard Eastern Europe can be a can be a tough place, and it can uh, be very tough, man. It can yeah. be very tough, and like it sucks because like you know, like I know a lot of times like us Americans get a lot of bad rep, but like I feel like oh, there's always one or two that ruin it for everyone else, and that's what sucks. Cause like they make us seem like we're the worst kind of people. Mm. And like, when you really get to know some of us, like we're not bad people at all, man. Like, yeah, like I said, you know, one or two will ruin it for you, but like, we're not bad people, man. 
And like these guys have the perception of us as like, oh, like the Yanks, the the this and the that and the blah blah blah. But like, like for me, it's like when you're in somebody else's country, like you gotta get accustomed to their lifestyle, their their the way they live, their everything, because you're in their country now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just go over there and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm American. Like let me do whatever I want. Like no, nah, it's not like that. Like you're, I'm in Bulgaria. Like I will, I mean, I'll mind my own business, but I know that like, all right, they live this way. This is how they see things. Like, I got to respect that. Like, can't like just put on my own views and blah, 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 because that's when people like started to lose respect for you. you yeah. Know? It's so true. It's like, I tell a story a lot about like when I was in Germany and, uh, like I felt the same way, you know, like I'm in Germany. I want to try and kind of assimilate to the German culture, right? Like you want to learn the language a little bit and you want to kind of break that idea of what the typical american is because like you can just see the way people's face change like when you say oh yeah like i'm american like they always smile and like they start to laugh a little bit and it's like you don't even say anything else besides the fact that you're american and they're already kind of laughing it's like they give you the oh you're american yeah no (laughs) other country in the world i feel like has that you know like nobody's like if somebody says oh yeah i'm canadian (laughs) no one's gonna like start to smirk and giggle at you but for some reason, America, it's like that. So we get we get the worst rep. Like I, I remember, like because I went to Germany not for soccer, but I did a student exchange program because I took uh, four years of German in high school. And same thing, like we were over there, and like I literally would tell some of my classmates, I'm like, yo, the best way we're gonna learn German is if we just try to talk to them in German because they'll they like I, I don't know if you like noticed it because I was in uh, Wiesbaden. Right? Yeah. Like okay. Frankfurt area. Yep, so I was yep, there yep. doing my student. Yeah. So I was there doing my student program. And like what I noticed, like if you try to speak German and like they see you struggling, they will speak English to you. Yeah. But they appreciate the fact that like, all right, well, this guy's trying to speak German. Like you yeah, know, like I remember 100%. going to like a, I remember going to like McDonald's and I'm like, oh, uh, hello, yeah, can I have a number four? And the girl like literally laughs and she goes, oh, you want a number four? And I'm like, yes, I want a number four. <laughs> Like, like you know like yeah thank yeah, you like, yeah yeah it, it's funny i like i always i never knew what to make of that you know like when somebody starts to speak to you in english because i would try in german and then they would be like mm, do you just want me to talk to you in english like okay <laughs> like, i feel yeah. like what i said was right you know like whatever i said in german maybe it was a terrible accent maybe it wasn't conjugated the right way but i'm pretty sure you know what i was saying we could have done this and exactly like, we could have worked this german out like you know like it wouldn't have been perfect but like i know you understood what i was saying and like the girl laughed at me and i kind of like got red because i get embarrassed when like things like that happen yeah and she's like, she's like had... no 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 and i'm like no like you're making me feel bad like i'm trying to talk to you in your language and you're over here like do you want a number four like yeah great you're like, yeah you know? it, it's funny the two guys i had that play in germany right now i had in the podcast we had like 30 minutes of the episode where we talked about stories like this because i don't know why those types of situations i get so embarrassed by it like oh it's, it's the worst one of the worst feelings you can have when you're like somebody starts to speak to you and maybe you don't kind of know what they're saying and you like are trying to figure it out and they're like oh yeah you don't know like what i said at all and you just feel like an idiot it, there's nothing like it in the world i remember i remember we went to i don't know where it was i don't know if it was berlin or something like that and we went out to like and i always tell the story too like we went out to this nightclub right and it was like five floors on every floor it had like different music so you would go like floor one was like let's say rock and then the second floor like pop music and then hip-hop and then like electronic music it was crazy and i remember like every time i would like squeeze by somebody like oh and i remember one guy was like hey asshole get out the way like in english and i'm just like i bet like i i'm like and i literally look at one of my friends like i was like did i say something wrong in german they're like 
know. Like literally a straight German dude was like, hey, asshole. And I'm just like, like, why am I even speaking German at this point? Like no one like appreciates the fact that I'm trying here. Like it sucks, you know? <laughs> and I like, I remember, I think the worst one for me was we all went out uh, to Frankfurt. No, uh, we went to Mainz and we're walking around like the, the, like the town or the city. And like, you know, like over there, they're not as conservative as we are here. So like you see like, like sex stores and you see all that yep. stuff and it's just different, right? Like to me, like it doesn't bother me, but like it's different. And I remember, um, I don't know what, like, I said something and, like, I was, like, talking, like, crap with some of the German kids. And I said something in German. And this girl literally opens up the door from the sex store and starts speaking full-blown, like, accent English. And I just get blood red. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. I was like, this is so embarrassing. And I, like, I would always tell, like, people, I'm like, that's why sometimes, like, like, I get sometimes when, like, people don't speak a native language and that like they speak with an accent or they like you know something like that they feel embarrassed because people like that like oh you know but uh, this is the worst man especially in germany because you know how they are like they're very direct and they don't really yeah. care they don't respect like your feelings at all <laughs> so that's the worst yeah they just want to get to the point of what they're saying it's uh yeah it's so true it's but so uh true. so give me the give me an update a little bit and we can kind of maybe end on this point here of where we're at i mean obviously the past year has been crazy i know you've mentioned that you had an injury that you dealt with and then also like covid has just been wild in terms of soccer around the world but kind of yeah. where are we at now in terms of you know what you're trying to do maybe trials or who you're playing with that sort of thing so pretty much what happened was this i uh 2019 end of 2019 i had like i played i ended up playing in the champions league in oceania I uh, played with a team from uh, from Samoa, played with a team called QEFC, did the qualifying stages, got into the group stage. We obviously lost. We ended up losing to like Team Wellington that had just played in like the FIFA Club World Cup. Um, and when I came home, I had an opportunity to go to Oman. It fell through. The, 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 club, the club coach got fired, whatever. So I ended up playing for a UPSL team called Foxes, which is owned by Christian Fuchs. Mm-hmm. Didn't go as planned. I didn't play much. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? Like, I know I'm at the level, like I need to, you know, look for an opportunity. So I was going to go train with some NISA clubs in California and I was training and I get hurt and I like was just training and I, I stepped, I don't know if I stepped, I don't know. I don't even know what I did. I like stepped and I just hear the knee pop and I drop and I can't bend my knee. And I had to call my girlfriend and my girlfriend's five foot one and she weighs 105 pounds. I weigh literally like 70 more pounds than me. And she had to come pick me up and she's struggling to get me in the car. And we go to the car, go to the hospital, do the whole x-ray, do the MRIs a couple of weeks later, go to the doctor. He's like, torn ACL, torn meniscus, got to get operated. I'm like, great. I get up. Op- He's like, listen, we're going to do physical therapy for a month and you're going to get operated uh, in February or whatever. So I get operated and then COVID happens. Mm-hmm. And literally, I I know it sounds terrible, but I'm like, thank God this happened during this time. Because there was no soccer. There was yep. no nothing. And I was like, all right, word. Like, I don't know how long this pandemic is going to last. I don't know what's going to happen. So I ended up, you know, obviously doing physical therapy. And I ended up getting back on the field in November. Uh, I started playing again. And then I ended up working with an agency. And they ended up getting me trials or one trial um, in March. But before that, I, I did a couple. I did the Path to Pro Combine in, uh, in California. Okay. So I flew out in February. And I knew I wasn't fit. I knew I wasn't fit. Like, I've been out for a whole year. Like, I knew. But I just went to go see where I was. And I did decently well. But I only played one game. So, 
obviously like you're not going to get a much of a look from one game. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, you know what? Like I just got to get fitter and I'll be all right. So I ended up working for the whole month, like working out, busting my butt, like getting ready. And I went to trial with the Michigan stars of uh, NISA in March, end of March. And I was there for like five days. Same thing. You know, I did well. I was like literally skill wise, like technical wise. I was there with everyone, but it was just the fitness, man. Like it was, just, I was just way behind. Like you can see how slow I was. And obviously like when you're injured for so long, like your reaction time, you just, it's not there. Not yet yeah. at least. And, um, you know, I still like till this day, I'm still working with the agency and, uh, ended up doing a couple like combines and stuff like that. And I personally decided I was, you know what? I think what's better is I'm going to play with this EPSL club. So I decided to play for this brand new club called the Carney Scott Americans. And for anybody who's around this area, like knows that the Carney Scott Americans has like super duper rich history. Like they've been around since like 1895. Um, you know, they used to bring in Scott, Scottish people from, you know, from abroad to work at the mills over there in Carney and Newark area. Mm-hmm. So it's got like a rich tradition. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I talked to the technical director and he's like, listen, my goal as a technical director is to, train you guys and get you ready to go on to bigger and better things, go pro or whatever. And I literally told him, I was like, look, I want to, I want to play this year. I want to have a good season. And then hopefully I just want to move on. So that's literally where I'm at now. I'm just focusing on this club, looking to hopefully have a good season, um, stay fit, stay healthy. And, you know, hopefully keeping my fingers crossed, maybe in January, I'll be able to either go to a NISA club or, or USL league one or somewhere else where you know, I can just continue my career for at least a couple more years. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm realistic. I know that we're not going to be able to play for forever. So I want to at least enjoy playing at a professional level for, you know, the next couple of years. And if it doesn't work out, you know, it's okay. I understand. Like, I, I'm happy knowing that I gave it a shot and that I played in certain areas of the world. And mm-hmm. thanks to football, I got to see certain areas of the world. Um, so I wouldn't be upset, like, if nothing came of it you know, and I end up playing for Carney Scott's for the next like four or five years, I'd be okay with it. Um, but as long as like, I know that I tried, I'm happy with it. So I can't be really upset about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, already the career that you've had thus far is like something you can for sure hang your head on, not to say that this has to be the end of it, but no, yeah. like the places that you've been to trialed, like just the stories that you've shared the past hour and a half, it's like, it's kind of part of the reason why we do this right like i would always tell people part of the reason why i wanted to do it was like to have stories you know like to have something to talk about and when i went to germany went to denmark went here went there like it's just you know you're gonna get more of those than when you're working and you're building the machines every day like you were no yeah and that's like one thing for me like 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 i don't know if i like said it or not but one thing that i always did that i always made sure every club i went to i always wanted to coach because i know that when my career is over, I know that I, I'll still be involved in football and I'll still be able to make money. Not that money is the most important thing, but unfortunately, like we live in a country where you need to make money. Like you can't just live off a hundred dollars a day. Uh, sorry, a week. Um, so like right now I coach, I coach for a club here in New Jersey called World Class SCP. And you know what? Like it's the best decision, the best decision I've made to go back to coaching. Um, you know, football doesn't interfere with it. I train in the mornings. I train from 9.30 to 12, every Tuesday through Friday. I coach, you know, four days of the week. And, you know, I'm happy. And I've already worked out with the guys. I'm like, listen, like, if I end up going pro again or wherever, like, 
you know, are you guys okay with it? And they're like, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, your, your doors are always going to be open to you. You know, you're always welcome to come back. And that's one thing, like, I always think like as a, as a player, uh, get into coaching and just make sure like, if you go to a club where you make a little bit of money, try to coach there as well. Like there's always money in coaching. And I personally, I feel like as a coach, you get better as a player too, because you're learning every day. Now, sometimes like you will have like a football overload where you're like, oh, dude, I don't want to do nothing with soccer today. Like I'm sick of soccer today. But but you learn, you learn a lot as a coach and you get better as a player. Because I know there's always the stories like, oh, yeah, he's 30. He's 31. He's at his prime. He's going to get worse now. I feel like if you train and you're willing to learn, like you're always going to get better no matter how old you are. Obviously, when you're 50. Yeah. OK, fine. But, you know, when you're like in your late 20s and 30s, like you can still become a better player. You can be better than what you were at 20. 25 you know if you're just yeah. willing to learn yeah because you get smarter for sure exactly absolutely what, uh, what do you feel like i know it's it's funny i think a lot of players have this and i have it too like this kind of idea of like i know like one day like i won't be able to play right like what do you feel like is that do you feel like there's going to be a moment for you when you're kind of kind of know or do you feel like there's just like what will kind of inform that decision for you do you feel like um, I feel like it depends on the person. I feel like there's two ways that you you could go about it. You can go about it. One way is that you, you got to see how you feel. If you're at a certain age and like you're not recovering correctly. You're always getting hurt. Uh, you know, you can't compete with the younger kids anymore. Like maybe it's time for you to take a step back. You know what I'm saying? Um, then there's also the point where like, all right, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, kind of getting too old or I mean not old but like I'm kind of I'm kind of getting up there in age I kind of want to start a family I kind of want to focus on other things I want to focus on making money you know for the last like 10 years I haven't really made money or or been able to build a foundation and I feel like it's either or like for me uh I've always said the same thing like by the time I'm 33 I would like to have a family um and I've already discussed this with my girlfriend and stuff like that and like she's totally cool with it because you know she's she's doing her master's program now um, but she always says to me, like, it, that doesn't mean you have to stop playing, but if you feel like, you know, focusing on your family and that's what you want to do, then I'm okay with that as well. Mm. Um, so I just feel like it depends on the person. Like for me, my, I've always said it, even when I was like younger, I always said, I feel like 34, 35 for me will be like the perfect age to like stop pursuing, stop playing professionally, whatever the case may be. Um, like I said, if I have to play for this EPSL team for the next 10 years, like I'm totally okay with it. You know, because it's it's still playing at a high semi-pro level um, and it's not interfering with my life. You know, Yeah. Still playing football, which is something I'm going to love no matter how old I am. So, yeah, I guess it just depends, you know. Yeah. So with that kind of being said, like, do you feel like is the whole world still on the table for you or are you kind of like, oh, I'd like to play in the States? Um, right now. So that's one thing that we were talking, we were talking with my agent with, um, you know, he asked me, he's like, listen, like there's opportunities in Finland, like would you come? The problem for me is like, you know, anybody like you would know, like, you know how it is. Like if you go to Finland, you go to Sweden, like you go to the third division, you're probably not going to make more than like 500 bucks a month. And, you know, there comes a certain age where it's not being cocky and it's not being like, oh, I'm too good for that. But it just comes a certain age where like you need to you need to be able to have money to survive and not saying that you can't survive with $500, but you, be, you need to be more realistic. Like you need to go make money, try to save, bring back. Mm -hmm. And 
going to Finland, like, yeah, obviously playing in the second division or third division of Finland, sick, awesome, it's cool. But I'm, you know, I'm 29 years old, you know, what, what am I going to go do in Europe for $500? You know what I'm saying? Where I can probably stay here and coach and maybe play professionally, whatever. But obviously, yeah, maybe I'll make like 700 bucks, but I'm still doing two things that I like to do and I'm not like losing any money. Um, but I, like I told them, I'm keeping the, the option open to go to Europe if it's worth it. If it's worth it, I'll go. If it's not worth it, then obviously like I'd rather just stay, stay here and play here and, you know, I don't have to worry about anything like that. Gotcha. All right, man. This has been a this has been a fun one. Thanks you for yeah, for hopping on and and sharing stories with the uh, with the listeners. But I think again, like I said before, we even started. You know, like just people can take a lot from everyone's different everyone's career path because like everyone's is different. You know, like I'm yeah. sure you've come across so many players that they tell you stories about kind of the way they did it, and like no two people did it the same way. So it's just it's nice. such a cool thing to learn from. Yeah, it's true, man. It's true. Everyone's path is different. You know, either, I don't know, you just got to find your way. That's it, man. Yeah, 100%. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you all those out there that are listening as well. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah.